Hello and welcome to another edition of the Panthers Tracks podcast. I'm your host, Ellis Williams, joined, as always, by my mother's three favorite people, me, myself, and I. I'm coming to you on a Sunday in Washington, D.C., following the Panthers' 23-21 victory over the Washington Commanders. San Gonzalez kicks a 45-yard field goal for the thrilling preseason week one victory. Zane was automatic with three kicks, uh, two 40-yarders and like a 37-yarder. Nailed both his extra points. He remains automatic, a sniper, just like he was a year ago. Uh, on this show, I know it's been a little bit since we chatted. It's, you know, I'm, I'm on the road. Yeah. Um, yeah. Eventually, I'd like to expand on a Life on the Beat segment and just kind of talk to you guys about what it's, what it's like doing this and uh, as we keep building this community and, and sharing this ride that is the Carolina Panthers 2022 season. So we're going to get you guys something hopefully here on a Monday when you're tuning in. Uh, we got Patriots joint practices coming up for you guys. I mean, by we, I mean the Charlotte Observer has coverage of that event coming to you. I'll be in Foxborough grilling Bill Belichick with the tough Big J journalism questions that I'm sure he'll have splendid and detailed answers for. Those are Tuesday and Wednesday, again, at Gillette Stadium. Panthers will be off Thursday ahead of their Friday night week two preseason game which is going to be a, a, the biggest game of the season so far. Uh, if the last one you can say that about, which I wouldn't have, but that, that felt similar to FanFest, if I'm being honest. Uh, week two is when you tend to give your guys a go. You, you try to see what you have. The Panthers coach, Matt Rule, said he would like to name a starter. After the Patriots game, now I don't know if that means a quarterback starter or a running back starter, or if we'll figure out who the five offensive linemen that they are going to deem as starters are. We're gonna, we got a lot to figure out. It's going to be a, a jam-packed five days, so I'm glad you're waking up on a Monday and starting this journey with me. What I want to get into today, I'm going to give you all some takeaways from that Washington win. Thought there were some real things we could learn, even though I said it was more like fan fest. You still saw Panthers players in competitive situations against another team. So I'm going to pull some things out of that. Give you guys an injury rundown and maybe a quick list of like things to watch uh, this week as we head towards that New England joint scrimmage. So let's dive right into the game that was the Carolina Panthers. Beating Washington 23-21, as I said. My first takeaway is, you know, of course, we're going to start with quarterbacks. And it, it appears Sam Darnold and Baker Mayfield are going to keep splitting reps. I lay it out like this. Imagine the Carolina Panthers quarterback situation where a blackjack hand. It seems like the Panthers are holding a pair of twos, right? Like, you get you get your opening deal, you look at your cards, and, you know, your, your pot's healthy but you want to be a little aggressive and you're like man pocket deuce that's kind of fun all right you bet big before the flop and then you watch the river and turn reveal aces and face Ugh, there's a good chance you don't got a lot going on anymore those pocket twos aren't as attractive as they once were 
though you're pot committed, but far from all in, unlikely you'll win this round, right? How can you maximize your chances without folding out? As the high rollers say, because I know so many of them, bluff it out. Thus, Carolina will keep saying this is a quarterback competition, holding and waiting for either something internal to change or a move from around the league. The team has four quality assets at the game's most valuable position in Baker Mayfield, who has the inside track to start week one. The team remains adamant that they're not shopping Sam Darnold, who threw Carolina's only touchdown pass against Washington and at times reminds you why people were so high in him in the first place. P.J. Walker completed 10 of 19 passes, played the most of any quarterback. I believe 47% of the snaps went to P.J. Walker. And then, of course, you have Matt Corral, who had a forgettable outing, who looked like a rookie, but still obviously has a, a safe place on this roster, considering that they drafted him in the third round this year and traded up for him. That's four guys who the Panthers need to figure out what they're going to do with. Yeah, 34 plays for P.J. Walker, 12 for Baker Mayfield, 6 for Sam Darnold, 21 for Mac Corral. With that breakdown, as you'd like. Back to the blackjack analogy. Unless one of these four quarterbacks gets injured, Carolina's hand will eventually be forced. When they cut down to 53, they're not keeping all four of these guys. But they won't fold this hand anytime soon. Don't count on it. Next big takeaway, the Panthers' defense really beat up Washington. I don't know if you all noticed, but Carson Wentz was out there for three drives. Brian Burns played four plays. The secondary shell of Dante Jackson and C.J. Henderson, Jeremy Chan, Xavier Woods, they played two series. How many drives did I say Carson did? He did three. He was out there for three drives, and coincidentally, Wentz led an 82-yard, 14-play drive capped by a one-yard rushing touchdown via their rookie, Brian Robinson, on their third series. It's because the Panthers beat up Washington in the trenches. Those first two drives went nowhere. They stormed Carson Wentz. They were sticky in coverage. They forced a fumble linebacker, Corey Littleton. Jeremy Chin had a tackle for a loss, TFL. The commander's top two running backs, Brian Robinson and Antonio Gibson, who had the fumble I referenced earlier, gained only 28 yards on 10 carries. The Panthers had a plethora of quarterback hits. Drew Jordan had a sack and a tackle for a loss. So did Phil Haskins. It's a nice game for the that Panthers defense. I don't think Washington's anything to write home to mom about, but it's a... Great outing is what you want to see if you're going to, you know, only play your starters for a limited amount of time. And then uh, even when the, the threes were out there, Washington had a blitz like crazy just to, you know, stay in the game. And maybe that's some Jack Del Rio, Ron Rivera stuff. But uh, they were sending them in Matt Corral. And, and speaking of Matt Corral, that, that was a tough outing, right? I kind of glossed over about the quarterbacks. But um, one for nine. The rookie was completed his first pass attempt and then through eight straight incompletions over the course of, I believe, three drives, including a game-winning drive that allotted three first downs via penalty and 
you know, probably at least 40 to 50 yards of penalty yardage to get the offense into field goal range to kick a Zane Gonzalez winner. I think they had two rushes on the drive that each were big chunks, you know, so that's what moved them across midfield into Zane range plus that uh, uh, defensive holding that converted a third down back to a first. Uh, uh, unnecessary roughness or illegal hit when Corral's helmet came off. That's another 15 yards. So, you know, just like that, without completing a pass, Matt Corral leads his first game-winning drive as an NFL quarterback. Good and the bad, take what you want from it, but he clearly is not ready to play. People can theorize on why that may be and maybe something fun to get into at a later date. We'll see a lot more of Matt Corral this week in New England. Some news updates before I break down two more quick takeaways. This is like a, a halftime break, right? This is where I would put an ad if I had one. Uh, news and notes from the Carolina Panthers over the weekend. Here is your latest news. The Panthers cut cornerback Chris Westry. He had a tough outing, you know, late in that third quarter, the whole fourth quarter. He was just getting diced. Um, they cut four other players as well. Darius Bradwell, Nate Becker, Kamal Martin, and Wyatt Miller. All those guys were cut today, cut on Sunday. The team had to get from 90 players to 85 players by Tuesday. That's their deadline. Next Tuesday, they'll need to go from 85 to 80. And that third Tuesday, two Tuesdays from now, they'll have to get from that big 83 down to that small 53. Excuse me, that big 80 down to that small 53. So there will be a lot of player movement coming up at that time of year. That's what we should expect. Back to your original scheduled program. Okay, uh, let's chat a little bit about Shai Smith. I thought he had a really nice outing. He looked sharp. The Panthers are looking for that slot receiver who can consistently stay on the field for them. C.J. Saunders was getting a lot of that opportunity at first in camp. Uh, he went down with a calf injury a little less than two weeks ago. Doesn't sound like he's going to be back anytime soon. So this looks like Shai Smith's opportunity, his job, unless something changes. He demonstrated instant chemistry with Baker Mayfield, converted two third downs on catches of nine and 15 yards each, respectively. He notched a team high 17 yards per reception, separated in small areas, consistently won at the line of scrimmage. The team's comfortable playing DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, Richard Higgins, or even Terrace Marshall once he's back there, but none of those guys are your, you know, Prototype slot. Shai Smith has that that frame, that build, that that route tree, that quick twitch, in and out of breaks, can get open inside a phone booth. That type of cliche. We'll see what he can do in New England against some press coverage, some some tough nickel corners, some tough safeties. You know, like accurately configuring an offensive line, the Panthers must identify what three receivers maximize this offense. Uh, expect them to keep experimenting with that. Uh, my last big takeaway, the special teams swung this game. Uh, I opened the show saying how Zane, you know, remains automatic. Rule Matt Rule said, you know, the point of emphasis this offseason was to have their special teams be not only reliable, but swing games. And that's exactly what happened in those first contest. He, Matt was 
pleased with the team's both kick and punt coverage. A quote, uh, our kickoff team, I was really pleased with them today. I think we tackled them four times inside the 20. I was reading Ron Rivera's quote from his presser, and he was not happy with his kick coverage. Multiple times referencing how they started, and especially that final drive starting inside their 20. Uh, or sec- second and final drive, excuse me. Uh, they, that can't happen. He, he detailed. So, yeah, those are the, your, those are your Panthers, Washington Commanders takeaways. Some things you can learn. I am curious what y'all thought about Sam Howell. Thought he looked fun. <laughs> that 15-yard touchdown scamper was impressive. He throws a strong ball, screaming ball, mean ball. You know what? I was watching some clips of Kenny Pickett, too, now that we're going down the rookie rabbit hole. Kenny looked sharp. I mean, he was getting all that Twitter hate for his seven-on-sevens and 11-on-elevens at Steelers camp, and now he comes out and is like 13 for 16 for 97 yards and a touchdown. Game-winning drive, I think, through a, a strike of a deep out from the far hash that won him the game. Just a strong throw. Got to put some real spin on that one. Um, yeah, shout out Kenny Pickett. That was dope. All right, let's get you guys some injury updates, and we're going to get out of here. Uh, I am headed to Boston at some point. You know, I would like to unwind a little bit, but the grind don't stop. You know how it is. Quick rundown. Terrace Marshall, Matt Rule said we could see him back at practice as early as this week. He's progressing well after a lower leg strain suffered two weeks ago. Cornerback Keith Taylor has been MIA for a while now. He's been dealing with that soft tissue, that hamstring injury. Matt Rule was optimistic that he could be available for Panthers joint practices. That would be a, a great addition to this cornerback room as they, you know, look to solidify that four deep. You know, they want J.C. Horn. They want Dante Jackson, C.J. Henderson, and Keith Taylor. Those are the four. Those four have not played together yet due to injury. JC missed the start of camp. Keith lasted like four practices. Here we are. We'll see if they get on the field this week in New England. Tight end Ian Thomas, Matt Rule said, will catch some balls this week, but likely only participate in individual drills and remain out of team and any live sessions, of course. He's dealing with a rib injury after being tackled during a live session at practice uh, a little under two weeks ago. I already mentioned C.J. Saunders. He is not expected back for a while. The team said uh, defensive end Marquise Haynes was close to playing on Saturday, but the team held him out for precautionary reasons. He's recovering from that knee injury that was first expected to be serious, but only was a minor tweak. D.J. Moore has a minor shoulder ailment and did not play Saturday. The team does expect him to be available for joint practice against the Patriots, however, and Derek Brown has been away from the team with an excused absence. Brown was also not at FanFest. We'll see if he's back around this week. So, yeah, that's really the latest, y'all. Um, this has been a, a fun team to cover. We're coming into a really important stretch here. I hope you guys are excited. There's reasons to be optimistic. I read Taylor Moten after that first team offense kicked a field goal. Baker Mayfield's lone drive. But Taylor came to the sideline and, and told the offense that they can't settle for field goals like they did last year. You know, to unpack Baker's drive a little more, and this is probably what you guys wanted to hear at the top, I saw a lot of good. I saw someone in complete command of an offense. Nah, that's I don't want to go that far yet. 
in as command as he can be with what's put in with where he's at, right? Like he looked comfortable far from expert, far from mastery. He would be the first to say all that, but like he, they're playing with urgency and that's, I like seeing that regardless of where you're at in the playbook. Like they have a plan, they have tempo Baker's getting the line of scrimmage. Those third downs are a lot of Baker. I mean, Ben McAdoo gives you a call from what I'm learning about this offense. He gives you a call and really, trust the quarterback to pick the right matchup at the line at both times. Baker liked his slot option and, you know, hit him across the middle. One was a under route from Shai Smith working from left to right. Really nice design. I'm going to get back in the lab soon, back in the film room and start chopping some of these clips up for you guys and get them on the Charlotte Observer website and just discuss what's happening and what I like about Ben McAdoo's short passing game. Cause I, I saw some, Nothing, nothing you've never seen before, but uh, if he just can put zone players in binds, and you, you know, you're in zone, he's going to put you in some binds and wait till Christian McCaffrey gets on the field. I mean, this is Baker's going to be really comfortable throwing, you know, seven yards and shorter. And he, we know what Baker can do with the long ball. He had a, a 40 yard post route, a pass attempt to Robbie Anderson on Saturday. And Robbie went up and got two hands on it. Safety came over and made a great play. Perhaps you need to hang on to that. I don't know. Tough bang-bang play, but nice ball. And we'll see if they can connect on that eventually. I would, I'd count on it at some point. Uh, this team can run the ball really well. I'm curious to see what that means for Dante Foreman. Like, I don't know how, many, how much opportunity he's going to really get. I think Tuba gives them a better spellback option. It seems like teams... And at least, you know, at Panthers practice, the defense has been aware that it's likely a, a run in 11 on 11 situations with Foreman's in. So the Christian's going to have a lot of room to work this year in the running game. You'd like to see Ike McQuanu get some more first team reps. Uh, he came in, in this with the second group at after the first drive. That second group from left to right was Icky. Brady Christensen, Bradley Bozeman, Austin Corbett, Taylor Moten. And I may have to review my notes on that one. I know that it, on their, their, I know the last side of their line was Icky, Brady, and Bradley Bozeman after the first drive. And that's, you know, that's, that's the group we're focused on right now, right? We know, we know what's the right is spoken for, the right side is spoken for. So we'll see how that unfolds. We need to see some better pass pro from Bradley Bozeman. Pat Elfline isn't playing much better either. This team might have a center problem again. We'll get into that more as I watch more tape. We we just dissect and learn more. We're going to have, you know, by the time I'm back in Charlotte, we're going to have two games for me to get in the lab and break down. I'm looking forward to that. Um, Rashard Higgins keeps making plays. It was fun seeing the red carpet get rolled out. He's I feel like he's safe to make this roster. He's just... Reliable Hollywood Higgy, baby. Uh, I hope you all are enjoying what Higgins brings to this team. And those little moments uh, should occur here and there throughout the season. Yeah, and that's really about it. Um, We'll see what happens with P.J. Walker and Matt Corral in in, in game two. I think we're going to see more of Baker and Sam Darnold. So maybe that means even less of Corral, even less of Walker. Uh, I'm not really sure. That's for Matt Rule to decide, right? On that note, I think we're going to get out of here. 
got a busy couple of days ahead. We're going to try and get you guys a podcast by Wednesday. We'll see how that goes, but hold me to it. Uh, and then we'll try and get you something, maybe a, I really, I would love to record Friday night after the game and, and get something up, but we shall see. This podcast was produced by Michaela Holder. My name is Ellis Williams. I'm signing off for the Panthers Tracks podcast. Until next time, thanks for listening, everybody. Take care.